Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. I'm here today with Brad Vanukin. His company is called Brand Forward. It's a brand strategy consulting company. He's had it now for 24 years. So Brad, thanks for being on the show today. So I'd imagine you're a big proponent of writing a book for your industry if you want to help get leads for your business. Yeah, you know what? Somebody said once to me, and this is, of course, I had already had the white paper and I was already thinking about writing a book, book but somebody said the difference between a keynote speech for $5,000 and one for $10,000 is a book. The difference between being an expert and a guru is a book. And I can't tell you how many times people have said, well, of course I called you because you wrote the book. You wrote the book. And a lot of people call Brand Aid the brand Bible or the brand encyclopedia because it's it's, it's pretty dense with information. So people would say, well, you wrote the Bible on branding. How can we not go to you? And so, yeah, it, it, it helps a lot in, in promotion. It, it's funny, my book, for whatever reason, has a long tail. When I first wrote it, I thought I was probably making about a half a cent an hour because at the time I was, I had my consulting firm. I was hired away to, to start a brand function. No, actually a marketing function for Element K before they were to go public. And so they said, we want you now. I said, well, I've got clients, I've got a business. And they said, well, we want you to do this. So I was doing both and writing my book. And I would write my book from like eight o'clock at night to 11 o'clock at night, all day Saturday and all day Sunday for years. So anyway, I, I figured that, that I was probably, for what I got for the book, I was probably making like less than a cent an hour. Having said that, that was a while ago, my book has been out for over 20 years and it has a long tail. It still sells every day on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So when I consider all the royalties I've gotten over the years, it's actually probably financially, I wouldn't say the best thing you could do, but, but alone, even without getting you business, if you've written a good book that has a long tail, and, and I did need to update it once, so I did, I did a second edition, I probably should do a third edition. The real problem is not uh, any of the other chapters other than the chapter on brand building on the internet because that changes almost every week. So I was talking about bulletin boards in the first book, then I was talking about blogs in the second book. And, and so obviously that, that chapter is probably outdated, but, but everything else is evergreen in the book. And, and it is amazing how it can have a long tail if it's well-written and, it's, and, it's, and you've written it in an evergreen way. You've written it in a way that, that, that I, I talk about ideas about marketing that won't go away. That, that are as today as they were 20 years ago. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the latest search engine optimization technique or how you ping this or what you do with a Facebook ad. I mean, that, that changes too, too quickly, but anyway, yeah, that's my thought books, but yeah, you having a book. Yeah. You've convinced me and now I have to write a few books. Well, I thought about writing other books because I really, I've been involved in branding universities and I was chair of my alumni admissions committee for my undergraduate school. So I've been really involved in college admissions. And I thought, I know a lot about branding colleges and universities. I could write a whole book about that. Then I thought, oh, I also like branding municipalities. And I started a book on that. I actually started a white paper that got published as an article, but I never turned it into a book. So, and then I'm right now in my head, given that I'm doing all the startup stuff, I said, I should really do a program text for like a workbook for startups to help them think through all the most important things they need to think about in marketing as a startup. So I don't know, I might have another book in me. I just don't know. Yeah. Work, workbook for startups would do well. That's a great concept. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would. <laughs> so Brad, what made you start this company? Well, at the time I was director of brand management and marketing at Hallmark and 
Hallmark suited me up to talk at a lot of conferences about the Hallmark band, which we were taking out to the mass channel in the form of expressions from Hallmark when we were strengthening the card shops, creating something called Gold Crown card shops. And I was out on the road talking at conferences and people kept on asking me, gee, could you help me with my brand? Could you help me with my brand? I know you're, you're, you're director of brand management and marketing at Hallmark, but how about on a Saturday? Or could you take a week off? Or could you do it in the evening? And at the same time, I was writing a white paper for my department because we had created a new department of brand management. That was when all the companies back in the, the late 90s were, mid to late 90s, were creating brand management at a senior level, at a, a director, vice president, or even C chief brand officer level. And um, I was creating a new group on brand management, and I brought in all the experts on brand management at the time. It was David Ocker and Peter Farquhar and Kevin Keller and Larry Light and a number of other names and pick their brains on how to manage brands. And based on that, I created a white paper, which became a book, which now has become a best-selling book, Brandade. It's been published since 2000, and it's now on its second edition, and it's available in different languages and digitally and in audiobooks and all that. But, but anyway, I had the makings of a book, and I had people asking me to consult with them. And actually, this is a funny story. I was at a conference, and there was this guy who was the keynote speaker and his shtick was he was in a suit and all of a sudden he tore off his suit and underneath his suit was gym clothes a t-shirt and shorts and he had a whistle and he was blowing the whistle and he said i'm america's branding coach and there wasn't much substance to what he presented and later that evening at the same conference and we were both kind of boring we we sat down and ate in the hotel's restaurant instead of going out somewhere else and he and i were the only two there so we started talking and i asked him well, were you the keynote speaker? Yeah. Did they pay you? Yeah. How much did they pay you? And I think he said something like $10,000. And I said, well, how many of these do you do a year? And he said, well, I do a 40 or 50. And I did the math. And I said, what's your background? He said, well, I'm a, a manager in a telecom in Florida. I'm thinking this was before deregulation. So wasn't a lot of competition. So I said, well, wait, everybody's asking me to consult. I've got to make of a book and this guy's making hundreds of thousands of dollars speaking i think i can do this so that's how i started did you did you go around and start doing speaking events at that point after you got into it i started out with speaking events and at that time conference companies weren't savvy enough to realize that came later that they wanted you to pay them to speak back then they paid me to speak and if i remember one of my so i spoke at a lot of conferences i chaired a lot of conferences and back then, I've, I've got a whole, this is my home office where I'm talking to you from. I've got a whole closet full of binders from all the places where I spoke. And, and they did pay me. They paid me quite well. But I found that I liked the consulting better, the strategy consulting. And so, and once they started saying, you need to pay us because we didn't realize you're a consultant and you make money off of these clients and you need to pay us to be at this conference instead of the other way around. I said, no way. I'm, I'm not paying you to speak. So, so I, I kind of stopped doing that a number of years ago and I just do the consulting now, which to me is more, much more wonderful. But the, the funniest speaking experience is that they have these, I don't know if they still have these, but that back when I was doing it, they had these cruise boats that would leave New York Harbor, kind of go down the coast, maybe all the way to the Carolinas, maybe all the way to Florida and then back. And what they would do is they'd get a bunch of CMOs, chief marketing officers of different companies to go on the boat. And I don't know whether they paid money or not. It may have been free for them, 
But then they got all sorts of vendors like big ad agencies, big marketing agencies. And it was kind of like these, these power meetings where you'd meet for 10 minutes with each person and the agencies would pay big money to be on there. Well, they made me the keynote speaker. So I got like the best cabin in the whole boat. I didn't have to pay. I was free. And I also had a consulting firm. And so even though I wasn't doing half an hour or 20 minute or whatever it was, power connections, like everybody else was, I was meeting everybody and they heard me speak. So that was a great example of, of having a speaking engagement that didn't cost me anything on a, on a cool cruise boat where I picked up a bunch of clients. So now that you don't do the speaking engagements anymore, how do you get your new clients? Is it mainly word of mouth now? Yeah. So I have a number of clients that I've over time, over the 24 years, I've had 200 clients and frankly, a lot of them are global companies. The biggest one was McKesson, which is a fortune nine company, but many were fortune 100 companies. And in fact, I've enjoyed working with the bigger companies because they tend to be more sophisticated and really appreciate what it is that I offer because do some pretty sophisticated research in terms of segmentation studies, attitude and usage studies, brand equity studies, but all focus groups to understand the customer better. So I do research followed up with strategy sessions around brand positioning and brand strategy. But anyway, so that, that that's what I've gotten into. And that's been the fun part for me. I got into blogs. I actually worked with a business partner and we created Branding Strategy Insider, which had 40,000 subscribers and was the number one branding blog on the internet and did a lot of really smart things to get it that size. Then I parted ways with him and I started another blog, which has also grown and is a top 50 branding blog called brandingstrategysource.com. So I've probably written over, I think I counted the other day, 1800 blog posts. I have been on many podcasts. I've been on many webinars. And in fact, my book has been cited or I've been cited according to academia or whatever it is in over 250 professional papers by PhD students and professors. So I have over time done a lot of content in terms of books, papers, journal articles, blog posts. And, and so that's how people have gotten to know me. But I was going to say that one of my recent blog posts I got into was basically, I said, there are, there are basically 12 things you need to know as a marketer. And that goes into all of my research. But the first thing is who's your customer for your product service or experience and what's the customer need for this product service or experience. And so that's the, that's where you start with all of marketing. And usually if you don't know much, you want to start with qualitative research where you get to the hopes and dreams and fears and anxieties and values and attitudes of, of the consumer, what motivates them and what are their behaviors. And once you understand that, then you can quantify it and do a more quantitative study. There's all sorts of other studies you can do. It just depends on how much of a budget you have and how risk adverse you are when you launch a brand or launch a product. But I have a full suite of research things that I can do for clients to help them better understand their, their customers. Interestingly, I've, I've got a, a side gig right now, which where I coach 12 startups through a local university's business incubator. And for startups, they call it customer discovery. And I'll tell you, every single startup, the thing that they are the worst at is customer discovery. They often start out with a product or service and say, oh yeah, I know people will buy that, but they really don't know who's going to buy it, what segments are, what motivates them, what the benefits are for them. And so anyway, it's really important to start with, with research, 
But then I take that research and when I work with clients, as it turns out, it's really funny. I, I would often be called in by marketing VP or the marketing director, but I wanted to make sure, because most brands are at a corporate level. I mean, I could go through all the brands I've worked on, but most of them are corporate brands. And so I said, I really want the CEO and his or her staff in the room. So I'd say of those 200 brands that I've helped create strategy for or helped position, at least 180 of them I did in workshops with the CEO and his or her staff. So the general counsel, the chief financial officer, chief marketing officer, the HR VP, because brand gets driven through everything in an organization. You have to align systems, you have to align human systems and be hiring the right people and training them the right way and offering the right service. So it gets into hiring criteria and it gets into training. And so anyway, that's that's one of the things I do. So the workshops I do are brand positioning, brand architecture, business model strategy, business strategy, competitive strategy. And then after that, I, I can get all the way down into translating that to brand identity systems, which are basically logos and taglines and colors and all the things that, that most agencies do. And then I can even get further than that and help them develop a full-blown marketing plan. So it's full service when they come with you. They, they get everything they need. Yeah, yeah. I've been, doing, I've been doing it for years. And I, the scary thing is I think I've I, I think I counted the other day. I've done over 2,000 research studies in my lifetime. I'm older than you. You can tell. If you've done 2,000 research studies, you got to be around for a while. When you, when you work with these startups, right, who you say they're focused on the product versus what they should be doing, which is the customer, do you, do you tell them to change their approach? As a coach, and I am a coach, so, so in the branding stuff, I'm a consultant. And with the startups, I'm a coach. But either way, you're not the person running their company. And so I love the entrepreneurs I work with, the founders, they're, they're passionate, they have an idea, they have a product, they're excited, they work hard, but they hardly know anything about anything, most of them. When I say that, what I mean is, I mean, I've had years in big companies, small startups, consulting, and so the things that just I know off the top of my head, they haven't thought of yet. So. Basically, I just offer suggestions, but I say, do you know if these people really, how about these people? Are they going to be part of the decision too? Well, have you talked to any of them? Well, you really shouldn't start by asking which functions and features they need. You might want to start out by asking them where they are, what, what keeps them up at night, what, what, what kinds of things they're worried about on their job or in their life, because you want to understand the context within which you're selling this product. And so... So I'm, I, I can be very directive if they want me to be, I can even spoon feed them, but I, I tend to just ask the right questions and get them thinking along the right lines. And, and I'll ask a question that makes them stop in their tracks and go, oh shoot, I didn't figure that out. Oh shoot, that's a problem. And so that plants the seed in, in, in their mind that they need to go back and think about it and do something about it. And if they need the tools, I'll give them the tools. Yeah, so that's kind of how it works. That makes sense. I mean, I know with my last couple software companies we built, I went out and tried to sell it before it was built. Because if they're not going to buy the software, then why are we building it this way? That's Let an interesting approach. So you were selling vaporware, huh? <laughs> vaporware, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But if they're not, if they won't, we even tried a strategy to give us $5 to go on the wait list, right? Because if they're willing to do that, that means more than anything right. they're going to tell you. Actually, one of my clients is doing that right now. One of my startup clients is doing that. They're, they're basically saying, put, I think, 
I forgot what the amount is, $50 toward this so you can be one of the first ones. And we really took that from, I remember when I've been following Elon Musk forever, and I was waiting until the Model 3 came out to buy a Tesla. And, and I have a Tesla now, and my wife wants to buy a Tesla now. We just love it. But anyway, I, I think I was one of the first ones online at like 12.00001 in the morning on the day that it went for sale online. And I plopped down $1,000 toward a Model 3. It wasn't in, it was maybe a year and a half later that I got in the mail just this image of what the Model 3 would look like. So clearly I was sold something that they hadn't even designed yet. They didn't even know what it was going to look like. And then it was a year or so later or two years later when I actually got the Model 3. But I thought that was brilliant because he showed there was demand because of all the money he collected. But also he filled his kitty with a huge amount of money. He gave himself a war chest to go ahead and develop the product. So I thought that was brilliant. But but the most brilliant part is he could go to any venture capitalist then or anyone else, an investor, and say, look at how many orders I have at $1,000 each. This is a real thing. He got me with that one too. I put I did it for the Model S like six years ago. It was either $100 or $1,000. And, and not only that, but then your customer is hooked. They're now invested not only monetarily, but they're looking, oh, when's it going to come out? They get excited about it. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a great marketing strategy there. And you're, you're right. You can raise money off of that. Yeah, I like Brad. it when someone does like three or four things at once, uh, a marketing tactic. Yeah, definitely. So Brad, if our listeners wanted to reach out to you for your consultancy or just to get in touch, how would they do so? Well, two ways. My company's website is brandforward.com and they can reach me through that. My email address is Van Auken, which is my last name, V-A-N-A-U-K-E-N at brandforward.com. And my blog is brandingstrategysource.com. And finally, my best-selling brand book is called Brand Aid. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can get it in paperback, hardcover, audio, however you want it. And if you're in Korea, you can get it in Korean. And if you're in Russia, you can get it in Russian. And so it's, it's pretty available out there, but it's called Brand Aid by Brad Van Auken. So those, those are the ways they can get a hold of me. And frankly, I'm always half talk with people. I've had maybe too many students in MBA programs call me or email me and say, can you help me with this, this case study or this, this paper? I'm, I'm thinking about this and I've had people working on their PhDs call me, but I've had clients call me, potential clients call me. So I'm happy to help people out either in the brand or marketing space or in the startup space because I, I'm skilled in, in all those areas. And I would mention, yeah, I think I did mention before I was a brand strategy consultant, I actually headed up brand management and marketing for Hallmark. And after that for Element K, which became Skillsoft, which is an e-learning company. So I also have on the, the hat of like all the pieces of marketing. So I've actually done uh, CRM, social media marketing, data analytics, trade marketing, advertising, promotion, sales, you name it. I've, I've, if, if it has something to do with marketing, I've touched it at some point in my career. So if people have any questions around marketing holistically or brand management, or even just marketing for startups or, or anything for startups, just, just let me know. Well, Brad, thank you for being on the show. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thank mm -hmm. you.